Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Ooh. Oh, what is that? A little bit of sound effects there? A little... It's half-hearted, but that's because it's early. Setting the mood? I, the, the mood has been set, folks. Here at the McElroy house, spooky season has begun. It is official. Summer is dead. We're putting a stake through its heart. Summer's over. It's spooky season here. It's still like 90 degrees out. It's still 90 degrees, which is spooky in a different (laughs) way. Kind of a bigger way to be spooky. But spooky season has begun. The the autumnal equinox is the 23rd. That, for me, is like the legal beginning of spooky season. Well, it's not that yet. Yeah, but by the time people... Nobody's going to listen to this on the day it comes out. You save it for Monday for your commute. okay. That's how I understand it from the the boners, the saw boners, our legion of fans. Don't call them boners. They're just the best I came up with. Uh, No, I respect them too much to call them boners. Saw boners. Again, if you just say the boners part, it sounds derogatory. (laughs) They're saw boners. (laughs) Uh, we also Boners we also do have we have the terrifying friend that our youngest daughter has made in the house already. Yeah, we um, have a, one of the. If you ever seen the movie Trick or Treat, a little horror anthology flick that they're always threatening to make a sequel to, but never quite made. What's his name? Sam. Sam. I think he's a little pumpkin head boy. We call him Little Punkit in this house. Is what his name here? Cooper loves him. Um, he's terrifying. Yeah. But either way. Sydney and I made a game that uh, we have played throughout our lives, but it's kind of in a, a new round with Little Punkett, where we hang Little Punkett, uh, who, if you can imagine, sort of a burlap sack pumpkin head in orange garb, and then... Uh, with the creepiest little human... Noid hands mm-hmm. holding a lollipop or something. Yeah, but Sydney and I have a little game where we try to hang a little punkit in uh, places that would be, I'll say, inconvenient for the other person to find. Startling, startling, slightly startling. Um, I think I still have the best one from where I pulled down the uh, door to the attic and left him hanging from that cord. Uh, that was I, a good one. I heard that scream downstairs. <laughs> that was good. I would argue that when I put him in the pantry and then got you to go look in the pantry to get Charlie's stuff for her lunch. That was I good. I set that whole thing up. That was good. That was yeah, it's a real mastermind move. Anyway, so... Spooky season I wandered, has begun. I wondered why I got a couple emails for this topic at the, almost at the same time, really close together, uh, out of nowhere, and then it occurred to me, this is probably because it, we're coming up on spooky season. We have never covered garlic on this show. I don't know how that's possible. Garlic is, I think m- most people know, is a very popular 
folk remedy, uh, alternative medicine, herbal medicine, whatever you want to call it. A lot of people use garlic for medicinal and health benefits. How have we never talked about it? I don't know. I don't know. And as I looked through our emails, many, many people have suggested this and I wasn't ignoring you. I just hadn't gotten. I don't know. I think somewhere in my brain, I thought I had talked about this. Uh, but thank you to Beverly and Maddie and Morgan and Cheryl and Miles and Brooke and Brenna and Jesse and Emily and Heather and Drew and Shelly and Sierra and Rick and Jacob and Kate and Rebecca and Allison and Brian and Cosmo and Nikita and Kristen and Paxton. <laughs> it's not like the Animaniacs listing off all the countries. <laughs> and somebody, some of these people have emailed us two or three times I'm about, this. about this. <laughs> How have you not done garlic yet? Do and you're right. You are. That is valid. How have we not covered it? Garlic has been used as medicine like since the dawn of garlic mm -hmm. uh, and not just one culture. This is dawn one of, of those. Garlic sounds like a real and very boring book. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there are lots of histories of garlic, social histories, culture, cultural histories, medicinal histories, because it's interesting in that garlic seemed to arise as like a medicinal substance in varying cultures and places, ge geographical regions from different medicinal traditions I guess on its own. I mean, maybe there were communications where one culture learned it from another or something. I don't know. But I, as far as I can tell, there were independently this idea that garlic was healthy has arisen throughout time, hmm. um, which always makes you wonder, does that mean there's some legitimacy to it? But it as we've. It doesn't make me wonder that anymore. <laughs> we've been doing this show for a few years now. And now makes me I had to. I'm somebody who has had to Google the uh, appeal to ancient wisdom fall logical fallacy because I keep forgetting the name of it, but that's how how frequently it comes up on this program. So no, I do not personally feel that way anymore. I still wonder that. I think it's good to always keep an open mind. And, and sometimes, yes, we continue to do something throughout time and place and it never worked and literally? it still doesn't work. And then other times... There, maybe there's something there. I'm Are you telling me mind. that I need to keep an open mind? Sydney, you've broken my open mind, as you have for so many others listeners to this program, I think. I don't have an open mind anymore. I have a closed one that you occasionally will open the portcullis to and let new <laughs> ideas in, period. Science is all about following the evidence, but it's first about asking the question. Follow the money. No, you have to ask the question. And you can't ask the question if your mind is closed. Okay. All is, right. What's the question? Is garlic good for you? We'll that's get there. That's the question? Well, I mean, that's this. That's for this episode. Okay. <laughs> I don't think if that's the question, yeah. life's a lot easier than I gave yeah. it credit for. And I, I don't uh, know how 42 is the answer to that. <laughs> so the uh, ancient Egyptians saw it as a like a standard health kind of supplement, if you will. It was good for like strength and vitality. And it was actually a lot of a lot of different writers have said that the uh, the builders of the pyramids so like the laborers in mm -hmm. in egyptian society were given kind of daily rations of garlic to keep them like strong and Tough. virile yeah. and able to build the pyramids if you look through the ebers papyrus you can find a lot of different remedies a lot of them are not just garlic it's a recipe where garlic would be i guess what we would probably call today the active ingredient mm. or one of the active ingredients the reason you're taking this is because the garlic is in there um and it was it was for a variety of different reasons there was a recipe for if your limbs are shaky here's a garlic treatment for you uh there was a recipe for a douche that you could use a garlic douche 
for <laughs> for uh, uh, protecting the vulva. Oh, okay. Uh, you mm. could protect your vulva with garlic, or you could induce labor, mm. possibly with, with garlic. garlic. Um, don't please don't do this. By the way, don't do this. Please don't insert garlic anywhere. Don't douche with anything. Well, don't douche. But douching is not necessary, or and it can be harmful. But also, don't put garlic. Double don't douche with garlic anywhere. Yes, except in in your mouth if you want to. Yep. Yeah. And in your pasta sauces. Well, yeah, and then it, ostensibly in your mouth next. Uh, it can also. It was also used for constipation, for flatulence, for indigestion. Uh, you could apply it topically for hemorrhoids or take it orally. Uh, there was a poultice that you could apply uh, with garlic to your neck for growths of the neck, specifically for growths of the neck, probably referencing some sort of what we would think of now as like a cancerous growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll find that like a common theme for things before we knew what cancer was for things that were tumors or cancerous growths. Uh, we were using garlic for, for a very long time. Um, I have a theory on this about why garlic I have a theory after doing we've done the show for so long. Uh, I tried to come up with a punchy name for it, like the appeal to ancient wisdom logical fallacy. Mm-hmm. But I realized that it's already been summed up in a different, but it has a different context in uh, that which does not kill you makes you stronger. Is I think that in the back in the day, like before we understood, like it seems like almost anything that we knew actively didn't kill you could be medicine. Like maybe this <laughs> is medicine, and I think well, garlic like falls into that trap, like. It, it has a flavor and it doesn't kill you. So it's probably medicine. It And it does have a very strong flavor and odor. It's very pungent. It seems potent. It does. It, it, does well, it, is, seem... it is potent in a flavor sense. Yeah. Like... So I think potent things, because you know what's funny is I'm focusing on garlic, but in a lot of these same recipes and like medicinal concoctions, you'll find onions mentioned. Mm. And I, I it's, in my mind, that's a similar idea. It's very potent. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems very potent. Now, well, un- idea, I am not I suggesting that-, that onions have become the medicinal, you know, sure, right. the buzz that garlic has. But yeah, uh, but still, you can also use a garlic ball over and put it over the entrance of a snake hole if you want to keep the snake in there. I mean, if you find the right size ball, that would probably work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how snakes feel about garlic. Please don't give your, if you have a snake, please don't give it garlic. I don't know. Don't give unless, your unless it's fine and you know better than me. I don't know about snakes yeah. and garlic. It, either way, whatever people use it for, they found it in King Tut's tomb. Ooh. Mm-hmm. They found some garlic. And it, it's questioned, though, because it was usually used by the laboring class. It wouldn't have necessarily been eaten by royalty. And so the question was, was it King Tut's or was it like somebody left it in there accidentally? <laughs> somebody was helping carry yeah. stuff in there. Just had some garlic in his pocket. Uh, Hippocrates used lots of different foods as medicine. We know that that was he. That was the mainstay of Hippocratic medicine: was eat well, mm. sleep, exercise, drink water, yeah, that kind of thing. Good stuff. Uh, but he he garlic was one of the ones that he used very prominently. Again, strength, vitality, which. I think you could probably tie to the fact that garlic is like we, we're using the word potent. Some people call it spicy. I don't know that spicy is the word I'd use, but I know I know what people are saying. It is a very strong flavor and, and odor. It was, again, used for laborers, for athletes. Probably a lot of the early Olympic athletes used garlic as like a performance enhancing drug. Hmm. 
And then in addition, there are all kinds of different ailments you could use it for. Uh, Topical applications for, again, things like tumors or growths. Also pimples. Uh, There was also a recipe where you could mix it with honey and apply it for freckles. Mm. (laughs) Finally cure those freckles. (laughs) When it was ingested, it was often thought to be for things like lung illnesses. Um, It could be used as a diuretic to make you pee. Mm. It doesn't. uh, Doesn't. No, it doesn't really do that. But it also could be used to aid in digestion, which I think is interesting because a lot of people tell me they can't eat garlic because it upsets their stomach. Interesting. So, but it, but it was thought to a lot for lung illnesses, respiratory problems, which we'll get into is probably starting to get into like it, it's calling to the humoral system of medicine, the balancing of your four humors. And when we start getting into the humoral system of medicine, we start talking about different foods and beverages as hot or cold. Sure. And, different illnesses as hot or cold. And so the treatment of a cold illness would be with a hot food and a hot illness would be with a cold food. Very, it's honestly, folks, it's very simple and intuitive if you look into it. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Except for that it changes depending on who's writing about it and what year it is. Well, Sydney, it is an art. But to be honest, medicine changes depending on who's writing about it and what year it is. So there you go. That's that's all of science. You're really we, open-minded today, Sydney. I'm feeling very open-minded. I don't, know, it's I, don't the, it's, the, I don't trust this open-minded It's the Sid. spooky season. I always like to open my, my heart and my mind to the supernatural for a little bit. Yeah. Sydney, 11 months out of the year, Sydney's very pragmatic. And then for one month out of the year, she's like, what if werewolves? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. You have to ask the question. In book 20, chapter 23, titled Garlic 61 Remedies. Of the Bible. <laughs> no. Pliny the Elder. Ah. Uh, in natural history, Bible innocence lays out. You may be able to guess how many remedies. Sixty nine, sixty one. Uh, I mean, okay. It's titled sixty one remedies. Sorry, I thought you were. <laughs> yeah, that's on me. Sorry. Uh, which I was thinking involved... of my Bible thing. I was going to say, and I didn't hear the sixty one. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fine. I got weirdly close though. <laughs> yeah, <you> did. <laughs> or did you just guess sixty nine? Because no, I did. It just happened to yeah. be close. Uh-huh. <sighs> anyway, everything can be treated according to Pliny. With garlic, the hemorrhoids, dog bites, TB, toothaches, dropsy, asthma, madness, intestinal worms. What's dropsy? I feel like we talked about. It was probably being used to used to refer to heart failure. Oh, okay. Um, Although dropsy could sometimes like it was a broad name. It's made up. Yes, there is no one thing that is dropsy. Like usually heart failure, but also sometimes like a heart attack or maybe epilepsy or maybe a stroke lots of things could have been called dropsy but generally speaking heart failure is our closest um anyway some of my favorites because you can read the whole chapter there are tons of different recipes but some of my favorites are that you can use a fumigation of garlic up the vagina for bringing about the placenta after a delivery oh wow no you can't oh you sounded like that's exciting no don't fumigate your vagina with garlic please deal uh you can mix it with some broken beans for separations of the chest so like pneumonia or something Mm -hmm. and this is the best quote beasts of burden it is said will void their urine all the more easily and without any pain if the genitals are rubbed with garlic so just get your beasts of burden and rub their their genitals genitals with with garlic. garlic yeah now i'm I don't know a lot about veterinary medicine, so... That, maybe that's something. Who knows? <laughs> I certainly don't. Generally speaking, it was always regarded throughout Greek and Roman medicine as good for the arteries. Now, at the time, we thought arteries carried... A lot of people have said, ah, see, we, we had figured something out. But remember, at this time, a lot of people thought arteries carried air and not blood. 
Jokes it would him. take us a while to figure out the circulatory system. Um, but again, it was only consumed by certain classes. It was not broadly eaten by everybody. Um, because, for instance, if you ate garlic, you were not allowed in the temple because mm. the smell was considered profane and it was unholy. And so oh. you couldn't come in a temple. Um, I assume if you ate enough that they could smell it. Uh, it it was very popular, though, among the classes that were eating it. Galen referred to it as the rustics theriac. If you remember, a theriac is a cure-all. Oh. So the rustics. Theriac? That's a very polite. Can you imagine Galen, right? <laughs> the rust- I think that tells you everything you need to know about Galen. Yeah. The rustics theriac. It's it's awesome, but yes, we know exactly it's, the tenor of this. It's a total this. Charles Winchester moment. It is. It's <laughs> hmm. a rustic stereo. That's, that's exactly that's what from, that is. That's from MASH. Yes. 70s kids will love that <laughs> gag. Uh, in... And and like I said, I've I've kind of talked about the Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans. We cover those things a lot on Sawbones. But ancient Chinese medicine also heavily featured garlic. Mm-hmm. A lot of these same ailments that we've already mentioned could be treated with garlic. There were some other things that were added to that. Um, the idea that depression or sadness or any sort of down mood could be treated it's with garlic. It's wild look at how many world, like, it's funny because, like, cuisine does the same thing, right? Like, if you look at one of the very few flavor profiles that sort of, like, spans the culinary mm-hmm. world, like, garlic is prominent in, like, Italian cooking and Chinese cooking. and you know, So many different cultures. So many different garlic. cuisines, yeah. yeah. I, mean, and it, I mean, once it spread and people could grow it, it, it did. There's a whole other culinary history that I'm not really touching on because that's a whole other body of research and evidence and stuff. But, like, it, it, it is interesting Hamb- you want to read that? Ham bones I re- is that show. I read an article from the 70s. Said ham bones. I don't know that show. It's it's made up because it's oh, like sawbones, saw but, but for food. That's a good bones. one. I like it. Thank you. No, I was just going to say, I read an article from the Times from the 70s all about like how garlic was becoming a big thing mm-hmm. and the history of garlic and now everybody's eating it. It's really interesting to see like in the 70s, people like, can you believe all these people eating garlic? And now I'm like, yes, I eat garlic every day. Did that issue have a lot of good Charles Winchester gags in it? <laughs> Probably. Uh, so, uh, like I said, in China, they were also using it for um, impotence. You could use it to get things going. Uh, fatigue, insomnia, um, that it was it was seen as something very potent though and to be careful with like it was good to consume it regularly but not too much like it needed to be monitored mo- you know measured doses uh, also in Ayurvedic medicine in ancient Indian medicine um, there was similar things but even a broader range of applications for topical use so like for cuts and bruises and infections of the skin parasitic infections it was very uh, you know it was, it was very common to use garlic Again, it was mainly relegated to the lower castes in Mm. India would Mm -hmm. use garlic. It wasn't something that the upper castes would always want to use. In lots of different cultures, uh, garlic was seen as an aphrodisiac. Hmm. That spans lots of different places on Earth where to improve your sex life, just eat some garlic. Uh, Pliny specifically says that if you want to use it as an aphrodisiac, you should use it with fresh coriander and some wine. 
which like okay you're kind of <laughs> cheating my friend I, that's always the fail set plenty we're on to you anything yeah. that you want to use for stuff in the bedroom you always say add wine yeah we get you bud we know we're but then he says the inconveniences which result from the use of it are dimness of the sight and flatulency and if taken in too large quantities it does injury to the stomach and creates thirst which seems like not great for bedroom time yeah right like, take some garlic I'm and very... you'll be in the mood. Also, though, you won't be able to see and you'll be farting. <laughs> <laughs> and also your stomach hurts and you're extremely thirsty. <laughs> but it will, you will be wanting to have sex. You'll be so randy, though. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing for your partner. <laughs> uh, that takes us through the ancient world, Justin. But yes. garlic did not stop there. Garlic was, it was on a train and it was, it was rumbling towards the future. Yeah. Let's uh, go. Where everybody would eat it. All right. But tell for, me more. But first, let's stop by the billing department. <sighs> let's go. The medicines, the medicines that for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier then you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going to. Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool. Think of it as the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the Easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes smoothies they got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious and the meals you just eat and eat there's no prepping cooking or cleanup get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week you're going to get exactly what you want no surprises here 
Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Now, Sydney, you were going to take us into the modern era. Well, we're not quite in the modern era yet. Okay, we're, we're gonna. I'm patient. We're we're as we march through history of garlic. Uh, like I said, this idea of it being something that could help balance out your humors and then combat specific diseases began to become more and more um, kind of crystallized as time went on. As we've talked about before, the humors, the idea of the four humors, this system of medicine persisted for a pretty long time. There are four humors in your body. You got to keep them in balance through taking in more, or getting some out. Right. And mm-hmm. that's health. That's, health. So that, it, that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Uh, the abbess Hildegard von Bingen wrote that it because of the hot nature of garlic, it could heat a man's blood. Mm. And so you needed enough of it. She attributed um, some of even her own as she was when when she was a child, she was uh, a kind of what they would have just called like a sickly or a weak child. And uh, she attributed that to things like not enough garlic or other foods like that that were hot foods. So you need some of it. Everyone needs some. Some garlic. If you're vitamin G. (laughs) But too much is dangerous. She also noted that raw is stronger than cooked, which you could probably say is true about the smell and the flavor and such. Yeah. Raw garlic is is definitely stronger than than cooked. Um, In the medieval period, we see that garlic is still consumed mainly by the lower classes again. uh, But... Uh, it was more and more targeted at like respiratory illness and cold diseases. And it was, it wasn't just something you would ingest for general health as much as like, Oh, I'm weak. I'm tired. I'm sick. I got, you know, any, any sort of cough phlegm thing. That's where garlic comes in. And the smell of garlic being kind of a like proof of its potency mm-hmm. became very important in this period of time because we start to get into the miasma theory of disease, the idea that like a disease is like a bad smell or something right. that drifts through the air and could be warded off with other smells and things like that. So you can see where garlic would fall into that. The smell of yeah. garlic is so pungent, you could ward off stuff. disease. And specifically with the plague, it was yeah. thought that garlic could help ward off the plague. Uh, and the we've talked about the plague... Doctors, the big masks they yeah, wore, the, the sachets of you herbs could you could have like fresh smelling herbs in there or strong smelling herbs like garlic in there to help be ward pretty off. intense. Those are those are the intense guys you don't want to mess around <laughs> with. One way or another, it was a strong enough smell that they thought this would this would fight things off. Um, throughout the Renaissance, you start to see some more upper class citizens using garlic. But again, it's more like for medicinal purposes now, mm-hmm. as opposed to like the lower classes are eating it. It's it's a health Loving food. It. It's used on a daily basis. You got to be careful with it because it does have some medicinal properties, but people are eating it all the time. And you could grow it, too. That was the other big advantage is it's not too difficult to grow. So you could grow it and which is part of why it had this lower class association. It was almost too easy. You could grow it in your own garden. Yeah. Whereas the upper classes were importing spices from around the world. The lower classes are just digging gar- garlic from their backyard. But the uh, the in the Renaissance, an upper class citizen could be expected that like if they had a house call from their doctor, they would have some garlic cloves in their doctor bag. A doctor would walk around with some garlic cloves in there because that might be part of the prescription. Sure. Um, 
as we move forward in history into modern times, I want to jump a little bit to modern times because this is this kind of this these ideas of garlic persisted for quite a while. We see that even up through World War One, some of these ideas about garlic were still in place. Um, it used to be called uh, Russian penicillin. Because specifically, the Russian army used garlic a lot on the front lines to treat battle wounds. It would apply like poultices or tinctures or pastes of garlic, that kind of thing. Um, The medics would use moss that was soaked in garlic to pack wounds to prevent infection before we had antibiotics and that kind of thing. Hmm. Obviously, as we move into World War II, you saw less and less of that because penicillin was invented and that kind of thing. But this this concept of garlic as medicine persisted into modern times. And then I think, as, as we'll talk about now, there are still a lot of perceptions of garlic as a health food um i wanted real quick to cover the idea of vampires and garlic Mm -hmm. it's not really medical but it's medical adjacent sure and And it was our end of this episode and it's interesting um i had a really hard time finding a single answer as to where this myth comes from it looks like the the difficulty is that the vampire myth itself it persists in so many different cultures throughout time in different ways. There are different yeah. names for a vampire-like creature, depending on where you are in time and place, right? But this idea of something that sucks blood is is pretty pervasive. Mm-hmm. Something that is sort of dead, but not dead, and also will drink your blood. And that which sustains us no longer sustains them. <laughs> exactly. Sure, gotcha. Uh, it's okay. And it's, it's funny because... As pervasive as these vampire myths are, which is a whole other study, why do we fear? Why did we create vampires in our brains and be scared of them? I thought you were going to end that sentence with, "Why did we create vampires?" No. I like, Sydney, I don't know, bud. I don't know. Why do the scientists keep making them? <laughs> but like, why did we think garlic would fight them? And and you see this, like the Egyptians made wreaths of garlic to protect them. In ancient China, it could be smeared across the forehead of children. To protect them. And these were the, the creatures were had different names, but they're all vampire esque creatures mm-hmm. in these different cultures. Um, in Romania, you would you, you might even consider if somebody had died stuffing their mouth with garlic or rubbing their body with garlic so before you buried back. them. So they didn't come back as a vampire. Um, why? Well, some theories are that garlic was already seen as a health food and disease was often equated with evil spirits vampires or demons or evil spirits so if disease is evil and garlic fixes disease garlic fixes vampire does that make sense it makes sense to me so so that's one theory is it was it just that simple um did it have something to do with the fact that arsenic can smell garlicky and so arsenic could kill things and so maybe somebody smelled that and thought well maybe garlic would work too that's a theory that's a weird one kind of a stretch (laughs) Because we have arsenic, so let's just use that on the vampires. Is it a plague thing? There were some people who suggested that during the plague, garlic sellers didn't get the plague at the same rate as everybody else. And so garlic warded off the plague and vampire mythology, kind of as we know it, is closely related with some of the plague fear. And so is that where that came into play? One uh, possibility that I really like came from a National Geographic historian, Mark Jenkins, who talked about an outbreak of rabies. And basically what they found is that um, the uh, the 
the rabies thing would give you hyper like hypersensitivity to smell. And so something like garlic might really bother you. Mm. And around this same time, this is in Hungary from 1721 to 1728 when this outbreak of rabies occurred. So the idea was that if they saw this outbreak of rabies, they couldn't explain why all these animals were acting the way they were. And it was scary and seemed evil and demonic. And then we're seeing these vampire mythologies arise at the same time. Uh, Okay. And then they're also hypersensitive to smell and garlic is very pungent. Is this where it came from? I don't know. Mm. I think it's all very interesting and cool one way or another. Many people throughout time and history have said there is a vampire like creature and garlic will kill it. Go figure. And we don't um, know. This one, this one's up in the air, folks. Yeah, I don't know what garlic does to vampires because there aren't vampires. But I'll agree to disagree. <laughs> but the question of what can garlic do for us, the humans, the humans. Non-vampires. Well, I was going to say the not dead, but the undead is the, the yeah, vampire. The living. The living. Be oh, that's a better with. one, isn't yeah. it? So what can garlic do for us? Well, from the mid-1800s, Louis Pasteur had started doing some studies into garlic to find that it did, in fact, kill some bacteria in a lab, okay. which was interesting, that's right? Um And uh, he, he noted specifically that garlic killed Helicobacter pylori, which we would later find is the bacteria responsible for ulcers, ulcers. stomach ulcers. ulcers. <laughs> uh, we have found since then that like garlic was used to fight cholera, typhoid, diphtheria. Um, it was used during the uh, influenza epidemic of 1918. Uh, lots of different people started using it as this like viral virus killing, bacteria killing, sometimes fungal killing thing based on this research that indicated that in a lab, it does seem to kill some kinds of bacteria later on we would figure out that it's because garlic has something called allicin which is like a sulfur based kind of substance Mm -hmm. and it's part of what gives garlic that powerful smell or it is what gives garlic that that smell um but it also helps protect the garlic plant by killing pests and stuff right right and it can be useful to kill bacteria and fungus so this is where some of the modern claims of what garlic can do for you probably stem from was that research done by Pasteur that led to our kind of idea that it can help fight or cure whatever infections. Right. Yeah. And have you heard that about garlic? Yes. So I know that. And I know that Larry King says it's good for your heart. Well, I'm going to get into each of these because garlic, those are two of the biggest claims. Mm -hmm. There are others. First of all, An important thing to remember about any substance, just because it can kill bacteria in a lab does not mean that it will cure an infection in your body. Those two things are very different. And sometimes something works in a lab and works in your body. Penicillin was a great discovery that did that. Uh, Grew in a Petri dish and inhibited the growth of bacteria. And then we put it in humans and They got better. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So just because we can put some bacteria and some garlic together in a lab and see the bacteria die doesn't mean we can treat your infection with garlic. So far, we don't have any evidence that garlic is better at treating any infections Mm. um, in the human body. And even when we do those studies, they're not being done on a large scale with eating garlic. They're taking like certain doses of garlic supplements, which would be a whole other 
ball game, right. you know, a powdered form of a you know high dose of garlic. And again, I don't have any evidence that they can be used in place of antibiotics. I'm not saying they're bad for you. I'm just saying they do not treat infections the way an antibiotic would treat that infection. Right. Um, I have no evidence that they're useful against viruses, which we don't use antibiotics for, right? But right. I, have, I have no evidence that that you can do that. There are small studies that suggest things, but again, no big giant trials that would actually prove that garlic could do that. Um, there has been some argument that they don't do it directly by killing the bacteria, then they do it by boosting the immune system. Again, in a lab, we have found some, you can inject a rat with some garlic and watch some certain immune factors increase or decrease appropriately, whatever that could indicate some boosting of the immune system. In humans, I have no idea. I have no evidence right now that says garlic will help you get over a cold faster, which is something that I see a lot of. I'm not saying it can hurt you in a cold. I'm just saying it's not going to treat your cold. Um, We need tons more research on anything like that. All we know right now is that it does have some antiseptic properties, meaning it can kill, like I said, some bacteria in a lab for sure and some fungus in a lab. But that doesn't mean it's going to cure you when you put it in your body. In terms of heart disease, a lot of that stems from the idea that garlic inhibits platelet function. Platelets are the things that clump and cause clotting. And so they can cause heart attacks, right? Plaque build up in your arteries and then break off in heart attacks. So the idea is that if if garlic interferes with the platelet clumping, it will prevent heart attacks. Okay. And the question has been, could you use it like you use an aspirin? Uh, You paused. I, I don't know. No. Okay, that was going to be my guess. I should have just gone for it. No. Uh, But Larry told me, Larry's so old. What's his secret if it's not massive doses of garlic? So far, we have, yes, it is possible to take enough uh, garlic in to create some sort of blood thinning effect. Specifically, it can interfere with other medications you're taking. And so you got to be careful with that if you eat enough and now again when i say eat enough i'm talking like people who are mega dosing with supplements and things like that right not would, e- eat enough is probably even a misleading way yeah, of putting t- it take enough medicinally consume enough <laughs> intense garlic it so far it would be we have not found that like eating garlic uh, well the way a normal person would eat any garlic it you're not going to eat enough to interfere with platelet function so the idea that it could replace aspirin is not it's just we're not there. No, you can't you can't do that. Um, the other ways it's supposed to help your heart is through cholesterol or blood pressure. Again, when it comes to blood pressure, yes, we've seen in some studies, some very small studies that people who take garlic have slightly lower blood pressure after taking it than people who didn't who who took a placebo. Um, but they don't reach statistical significance to suggest that you could trade out your blood pressure medication for a garlic pill. Right. Um, Same thing, actually, with cholesterol, even worse evidence, the most recent studies on cholesterol don't show any difference with garlic, Mm -hmm. your cholesterol profile, if you take garlic or not. So the most recent study suggests that it it doesn't help at all. Again, doesn't hurt, but doesn't help. So all, all of the evidence that it can help prevent a heart attack is weak at best and sometimes non-existent on all these different fronts. Um, The other things that people have claimed, the cancer claims are even weaker than the ones we've already discussed. 
There was a study done last year that looked specifically at stomach cancer because different cancers of the gut and colon were big targets for garlic. That was one of the big interest areas of interest in research was can it prevent different gut you know, stomach and colon cancer. Uh, there is no difference in rates of gastric cancer among garlic eaters and non-eaters. Um, <clears throat> they've never proven any of these cancer claims in large trials. Again, they find these antioxidants in a lot of different substances and a lot of different foods and herbal supplements and things like that. But just because there's antioxidants doesn't mean it's preventing cancer in your body. Right. It, it's so much more than that, Right. Right. I'm not saying eating antioxidants is harmful. I'm just saying that the idea that you can do that and you're going to prevent cancer, we still haven't proven that. Yeah. Um, Do I think there's a link between our health and food? Of course. Obviously. But right now, I can't tell you that if you eat enough garlic, you're going to prevent cancer. Um, There, and obviously, I don't think anybody's claiming it's going to cure. Well, there's probably somebody claiming it can cure cancer. Of course there is. Obviously, we have no evidence that it would cure or treat cancer either. Right. Um, Interesting in that study, they also found that there was no difference in the rates of the Helicobacter pylori uh, bacteria that I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. between people who ate garlic and people who didn't. Hmm. Just as a, they, they also analyzed the data for that. Uh, a couple of our listeners specifically asked me about yeast infections. I'd never heard this. Man, I thought I'd heard everything. I didn't know that there were people out there who would advise you to put a clove of garlic in your vagina if you had a yeast infection. Don't. Please do not do this. Um, At best, it will not do anything. And at worst, it will cause you some irritation and burning. (laughs) Please don't put garlic in your vaginas. Uh, It does not treat a yeast infection. This has been studied, if you can believe it. There have been two studies. Um, One was orally, like taking garlic for yeast infection. Absolutely nothing happened. The second showed uh, that they had people insert a cream made of garlic as opposed to just a garlic clove at least. And the patients did report some subjective improvement. I think maybe my symptoms are better, but the authors never did any cultures to prove that the garlic actually treated the yeast infection. So we would call this a very weak, low powered study. Yeah. Um, It was a very small study and they didn't do the appropriate proving. So please, if you have a yeast infection, get it, treated the you know the the way that we all agree works by a doctor or one of the -the over-the-counter medicines that are approved for yeast infections please do not put garlic in your vagina um but you knew that anyway didn't you deep down listener you kind of saw that coming right don't put yogurt in your vagina either i know the show isn't about yogurt but that is the one i often hear is do you put yogurt in your vagina for a yeast infection please do not do do that that doesn't work eat yogurt yes Don't put it in your vagina. Don't. And still get your yeast infection treated. Uh, As a mosquito repellent is another popular thought about garlic. There was a double-blind, placebo-controlled, randomized control trial with crossover. That's a really good study. If you don't know anything about studies, just know this was a very well-designed study that was done uh, in recent years that showed no difference in mosquito bites in patients who ate garlic and patients who didn't. So if I could try to sum up this, it seems like a slightly different, slightly different from our normal sort of solvent conclusion in that uh, don't replace any traditional medicine with garlic. But it seems like it as long as you're not like mega dosing it, it doesn't hurt like eating garlic. Maybe you can give your maybe it's a little bit of a placebo. Maybe it's doing a little bit of something. 
I would say that's fair, fair to do. I, it, it was one of those where I really racked my brain to think, can you harm yourself with garlic? Other than like, if it makes you sick to eat it, don't, obviously. Nice. You know, because some people just don't tolerate garlic well. My yeah. mom is one of them. So if it makes you sick, don't eat it. But if uh, if you're on certain medications, th- they can interfere with garlic. So if you do take prescription meds and you're thinking of taking garlic supplements, I would go talk to a doctor or a pharmacist first. Mm-hmm. But if you're just talking about eating garlic, like in your food i mean it may help in some ways and it's not going to hurt you and if you want my personal opinion it's delicious mm-hmm. i am one of those people who sees a recipe that calls for two cloves of garlic and assumes that they meant six <laughs> and just just it was a misprint yeah so i would say that are there some is is garlic a healthy food yes yeah. it is is it medicine <laughs> No. Oh, and I think okay. it's important to draw that distinction. Yeah. Garlic is a healthy food. And unless there's some contraindication, eat away. Yeah. But it's not medicine. If you're sick, still, you know, go to a doctor. Uh, folks, that is going to do it for us uh, for this episode of Sawbones. We hope you've enjoyed yourself. Um, we have had a, uh, a fun, fun, fun time. Get, ushering in the spooky season with this very creepy episode. Ooh, Ooh. I want garlic now. It made me crave some yeah, garlicky. Uh, we are part of the Maximum Fun Podcasting Network. You can find them at maximumfun.org and learn all about uh, uh, all the great shows that are there. Uh, we have some merchandise. If you go to McElroyMerch.com, that's M C E L R O Y, merch.com, you can. Um, uh, Buy some Sawbones stuff. I think there's a pen and T-shirts and what have you. Uh, you can buy our book at bit.ly forward slash Sawbones book or just search for it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever your local bookstore, wherever you want to do. And if you're going to be at the shows next weekend, the Mabim Bam and Taz shows, we'll see you there yep. in D.C. and Pittsburgh. And um, thanks to taxpayers for these sort of song medicines as the intro of our program. And thanks to you for listening. That's going to do it for us this week. So until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Fund.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.